That's Tristan, New York City Sneaker Waves. And I just got back from New York City where I saw Wall Street. I toured the American Indian Archives. I took the two train or the three train to the Brooklyn Museum to see the David Boyer's exhibit. And I was there right before the close of the exhibit. And it was the last time that we'll see the exhibition in full. Uh, it will be released, however, virtually, almost as though it were a game. So virtual reality, David Bowie is, will be coming in the fall, according to Victoria and Albert Museum in London, um, coordinators of this exhibition. It's interesting that this, uh, this incredible retrospective was, was sort of a retrospective of Bowie's career, although it wasn't necessarily a linear exhibition. Um, you walk through this incredible scene of, first of all, you get off the elevator in the Brooklyn Museum and you are met with the seven sisters, the Pleiades these gorgeous um, mythical statues of goddesses and then you turn to the right and you are confronted with the big orange backdrop David Bowie is backdrop which is great for taking pictures or doing videos and you keep on walking until you get to the actual exhibition and you're handed a headphone or a headset with um a special recording, a special mix of Bowie's words. It's almost as though he, you put the headphones on and you walk into the darkened um, exhibition, uh, which is kind of like, a, almost like going into a um, viewing for looking at the stars at night. And you listen to David Boy's voice on the headphones talking almost randomly as I was having conversations with you. And you also get music, his songs, his words. And as you're walking, walking, walking through this darkened portion of the Brooklyn Museum and you're looking at all of the artifacts, um, you're confronted with words, image, sound, colors. It's a very synchronous experience. It's different just about every time you go. Um, I was fortunate enough to see this exhibit three times in two days by happenstance. Just worked out that way. Um, and it was a different experience each time. So it's not easy to replicate such an experience. Um, you need more than an hour to see all of the artifacts that are on display because it's it's experiential. Um, there's handwritten memorabilia, lyrics, notes, directions, stage directions, um, costumes, 
and um, lots of interesting collections of um, like album covers and rock and roll paraphernalia. <laughs> Alexander McQueen definitely figures into this exhibit. You will also see some of the other people, more obscure artists that Bowie worked with, including the work of like Klaus Nomi in Berlin, Germany. Um, there's definitely a big part of this exhibit that deals with um, Bowie's Berlin period after he left Los Angeles in the 70s, I believe. Um, and then there's the later work, his movies. I didn't get a chance to spend as much time with the later period as I would have liked because in part um, there was like a bottleneck <laughs> of people listening and looking at that period but I had become familiar with his last album Black Star Black Star uh, pretty extensively which came out in June of 2016 oh not June January excuse me of 2016 but um, the later work is Bowie's film uh, work Lazarus, very prophetic um, reflection on our times, our anxious times, this dystopian time. Um, I'm eager to see how the virtual reality version of this exhibit kind of replicates this standing version of the exhibit. I don't know if it could be replicated. Um, oh, another interesting thing about the exhibit is that it references some experiments that David Bowie conducted with light and with sound and with text and with um, kind of like AI stuff. I don't want to give away too much. It's really hard to, to describe, but I would say that being David Bowie is more than just uh, being an amazing, amazing actor, singer, director, and writer. It's probably more like being on the also an amazing empathic technician. Um, heavy on empathy, but also um, heavy on execution. Um, there were hundreds of pieces of work. I've read as much as 400 to 500 items on display. And like I said, it. I, I spent two days at the Brooklyn Museum. The first day, Thursday, I arrived about 11.20, and then I left at 10 p.m. <laughs> 11.20 in the morning until 10 p.m. in the evening. I stepped out for one hour um, to do a little tour of the neighborhood. 
and then I came back and I didn't leave. Pretty incredible. Um, let's see. One of the things that I noticed that the exhibit didn't really cover uh, was the support staff of background musicians, the background singers who uh, toured with David Bowie. And it would be cool to hear from them. And gosh, I'd like to know where they are in their lives and how did they come to find themselves working with David? And what are they doing now? And interestingly, uh, we did not have a whole lot of glimpse into his private personal life, especially toward the end of his life. Um, you know, and I respect the privacy of the artist, of course, but I'm also curious about his family life and he had such an amazing relationship with son, his wife, his daughter, you know, but maybe there were strategic choices that were made to, to not include that part of his life in this exhibit, and so I'm always just curious about how artists decide what to choose. It should be noted that the David Boy is, really isn't posthumous. It, it was a show that was put up five years ago. It was created like five years ago and so this was um, so to me that's probably why it feels like um, somewhat unfinished um, abrupt um, because we're seeing the show as David uh, created it when he was with us so that's that's kind of cool when you think about it so you feel like you're part of something that's continuous. That's like maybe that's why I was able to return. I really felt like when I walked into David Boyes, I was kind of walking into a library archive, uh, not just an exhibition. I really felt like. When I saw, especially there's this one part, I'll tell you, you can walk into um, a facsimile kind of, of a recording studio, recording area. So you walk in, it's very quiet, and then you can hear some of the audio tuning that's going on as though you were in the audio booth uh, with David Bowie. So that's pretty cool. And you probably already know there's this big portion of the exhibit where it's like you're attending a David Bowie concert. So what they're able to do with uh, projectors and sound in this one part of the museum is amazing. So it's like wall to wall Bowie and it's live, uh, well it's a, a recording of his concerts and it kind of takes you through the highlights. Oh, golly. 
Um, it was interesting too the way that this particular exhibit was set up. The exit was actually in the middle of the, the middle third, their back third of the exhibition hall. So you kind of think that it, the exit is the <laughs> the part of the exhibition that seems the most um, exciting, which is the simulation of the concert. And so you're ready to go walk out at the end to the left, but nope, that's not the way out. So, um, it was a quite, that's what to me is like, it was a very experiential kind of, um, non-linear tour of the life of an incredibly prolific artist. Let's see. Um, some folks may or may not be interested in the costumes. I would say it wasn't all costumes. Um, I think for me, I was really taken by like the space memorabilia, like the space outfits. So I got to see how those uh, outfits were tailored and wow he's quite a thin guy and um, I would say you know the the thing is is that (laughs) the persona of the space oddity character Ziggy Stardust which many people associate Bowie with um, those costumes I would imagine would help put him into that otherworldly kind of space. I'm not sure exactly what to make of the later period of costuming. I think it's I might have the dates wrong. Where, you know, you've got the more tailored suits and the hats kind of rumors of like uh, boss style of clothing. Um, but I kind of gravitated more to like the handwriting, the notes, and the uh, how you organize a uh, concert and or a performance space. And he seemed to be very much engaged with those technical details. Oh, the other part that I liked a lot too, he had uh, several drawings that he did with Lori Anderson, the performance artist, the violinist, spoken word artist, Lori Anderson. And he and Lori Anderson would get together and do instant drawings. Um, They were, so some of his work with her was on display. That's pretty cool. Collaboration. So, I'm not saying nearly enough about the impact that this exhibition had on my own thought process. Um, I was immersed in the sounds. I was immersed in the lighting. I was immersed in 
the intimate atmosphere of this exhibition. I, to the point where I, I felt at one point I don't ever need to hear any other music <laughs> because these, in part because the headphones um, were tuned so well. It's like the and and I th- I don't want to give away too much, but um, there was some technology in this exhibit. I had not experienced before so I'll tell you this one of the things we were encouraged to do was to put our cellular phones on airplane mode um, and so there's definitely some wireless geotagging thing happening I had referenced earlier this experience of walking through David Bowie is at the Brooklyn Museum wearing headphones from the company Sennheiser and the headphones created this incredibly intimate feeling where you almost felt like you were a part of a conversation that Bowie was having with you Um, and so you'd be looking at artifacts on the wall and Bowie would be discussing not the specific artifacts necessarily, but the time period in which those artifacts were created and what he was thinking and feeling um, about his life at that time. So it was just a different way of exhibiting artifacts because the auditory part, the narrative part coming from Bowie was so unexpected. Um, Listening to his voice, in other words, as um, a person providing context, was a different experience for me.